latest amendments to the labor laws. Joining us now to speak further on the matter and how the labor law amendments will affect workers is Alfred Chabalala, the coordinator for Right to Know in Gauteng Province. A very good morning to you and welcome. Hi, good morning. How are you? Very well, Mr. Chabalala. First and foremost, tell us why did the Right to Know take to the streets in support of Softed? Well, right now, generally, uh, support all the workers of South Africa it, uh, and abroad. It's, uh, it stands with the workers in defending the democratic space for building strong, independent unions able to undertake the militant campaigns required to roll back the inequality and to ensure that all workers can earn a living wage. That is basically our principle. Now, when uh, SAFTU was marching, we found it really relevant to support because this right is actually a constitutional right that has been declared that every, in every, everyone has a right to fair labor practice and every worker has a right to form it and join a trade union, any sort of a trade union, right to know support. Now, we're asking our, our listeners this morning whether they have the view that the labor legislation amendment will affect their workers on the ground. But explain to us how the labor legislation amendments will affect workers. Well, our criticism with, uh, with this kind of uh, um, amendment, the proposed labor amendment, is that it imposes secret ballots and force unions to engage in a long and extended conciliation process before they can take strike action. Now, even during the strike, the employers will have a right to approach the CCMA and the courts to force compulsory arbitration if, in their opinion, the strike is lasting too long and is having a negative impact on the economy. So in our view, that is not going to allow them this worker this this strike this uh, uh, right to strike to excel it 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 can be it, it's so much based on conditions and on what the employer would definitely determine as being detrimental in terms of economic or whatever growth mm-hmm. now the, the if you look at the right that the workers have the right, before the workers would go to strike, there would have been all these processes that they would have engaged in. And this is the only power that they have to strike, to refuse to render their own uh, uh, labor towards the advancement of the economic activity of the employer on the basis of a dispute that they are not in agreement. So we are saying on those basis they'll be affected. Because if that right is so much now impinged, it doesn't actually allow them to be in a position to exercise it for its own necessity. Mm -hmm. Because workers can only render their own service and earn for that. And if they cannot use that, then the law granted them this right so that the employer will be forced then to reconsider or recognize that they are having that kind of a right. So mm-hmm. if it's so much restricted, it's very kind of a disadvantaged, which, now, which we don't really agree with. Mm-hmm. Now, the unions are suggesting that uh, these, uh, to, if they have to decide on a secret ballot to strike, uh, that this will result in more unprotected strikes. How so? Because the strikes do not come naturally like any 
unlawful activity, as the employer would like to to make it to sound like. The strike is a right for the workers to be considered. There are a lot of other issues that would have come into an issue as a result of which the strike comes into being. So if that cannot be taken into consideration, then that forces the, the, the trade unions to take workers out of the, of the, of the production uh, of, the, of, of producing for the company. So that becomes, therefore, now unlawful in terms of the law. Mm -hmm. So those strikes, if they cannot be allowed, if the legal route is not availed sufficiently for the workers to engage on the strike, in any way they'll have to act. So that will mean that they should not follow any other rules. And therefore, that will be interpreted as being unlawful strike. How far in terms of implementation are these labor law amendments? Well, they are. I'm sure you've heard when the president was addressing uh, just after that, I think it was a Freedom Day when he was saying they're pressing ahead, they are going to uh, 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 implement them. He says that they are part of the agreements. So they haven't started as we speak now, but definitely very soon they would be in, in place. So this is why then SAFTU and other uh, progressive trade unions are saying you cannot do that. The process has to take into effect that there is still a disagreement about the application of that agreement, if there was an agreement. Seemingly, not everybody was part of that agreement. Of course, ourselves as right to know we are not a trade union. We are a movement of the people who are looking at the local struggles and who support those things. So in our view, the, 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 if, if anything is called agreement, it means all the parties are in a common understanding and agree in terms of taking the way mm-hmm. forward. So if there's any other party that is not saying, I'm agreeing, there's no agreement, there's still a disagreement. That's Alfred Chablala. Thank you so much for your time joining us here. The coordinator for Right to Know in Gauteng, uh, talking to us about why they oppose the latest amendments to the labor laws. And the question we pose to you, do you think it will affect you? Let us know what's on your mind. Now, the big story for this week was North Korea's state news agency that has hailed the inter-Korean summit as a turning point for the Korean peninsula. During Friday's historic meeting, the leaders of the two Koreas embraced at the border after pledging there will be no more war on the Korean Peninsula. Kim Jong-un and South Korea's Moon Jae-in says that hostilities will cease and an official end to the Korean War will be declared this year. Both said that they will work to make sure what was agreed upon Friday will be achieved. The BBC's Ruben Winfield filed this report. In a day full of extraordinary moments and images, and it started with this one, the supreme leader of North Korea walking across the dividing line into the south. Kim Jong-un then grabbed the hand of South Korean President Moon Jae-in and together they stepped back, for a moment, onto North Korean soil. As their summit meeting began, they sat across a table exactly 2,018 millimetres wide. The backdrop, a huge painting of a famous North Korean mountain range. Immediately, President Moon set the tone, telling Kim Jong-un he had been brave to make the journey south. As the day rolled on, more extraordinary images have continued. Kim's limousine scooting back and forth across the dividing line, his personal bodyguards running alongside. The two leaders planting a tree 
with soil and water brought from the north and the south. But perhaps the most fascinating moment of all was their afternoon stroll. Sitting for nearly half an hour on a bridge sipping tea, deep in what appears to have been animated conversation. It is a massive contrast to what started with one of the most brutal wars of the 20th century. In 1953, a truce was signed at exactly the same place the two leaders met today. But the conflict has never ended. Just a few months ago, it really looked like military conflict might break out again, as Kim Jong-un launched ever more powerful missiles and tested ever larger nuclear devices. Today, just four months later, the two leaders emerged from their summit to declare their intention to end the conflict permanently. There will be no Korean War. A new era of peace will open. We've suffered so much, but now we stand together. Mr Kim and I agree to have the Korean Peninsula without any nuclear arsenal. We cannot be separated. We are one nation. When we met, we realised we cannot be parted. We are one nation. It has been a truly remarkable day here in South Korea and a brilliant piece of political theatre by President Moon and Kim Jong-un. And it may be the beginning of something really different. But it's worth remembering that this railway bridge behind me here, between the south here and the north over there, was reopened in the early 2000s to great fanfare. There was even talk of trains running from Seoul all the way to Europe. And it never happened. The path is now open to the much bigger prize, a face-to-face -face meeting between Kim Jong-un and US President Donald Trump. That could now happen within weeks, and it will be an even more extraordinary moment. Rupert Wingfield Hayes, BBC News, on the North-South Korea border. And that brings the time to exactly 6.30. It's time for your news headlines. Thank you, Elvis. In your top stories at 6.30, Minister of Arts and Culture Natim Tetwa has expressed sadness at reports that former YoTV presenter Akumzi Jazile has been killed in a car crash. Sixteen private security officers are to appear in court soon following an attack at a taxi rank in the Durban CBD. And Health Minister Arun Motswaledi has blamed South Africa's high HIV AIDS rate on the attitude of those who are refusing to take tests in order to know their status. Details of these stories and more at 7 o'clock for SAFM News. I'm Risha Madure. Great stories told by great personalities. SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. It's a Sunday morning and when we started off, I didn't indicate that it will be our editors between 6.30 and, of course, 7 o'clock. Uh, but before we get there, let's start off with your newspapers. Uh, Sunday newspapers, what are they leading with on the front pages? The Sunday Independent leads with all-out data war. Activists prepare for round two in ring with the operators and, of course, proudly South African with all the awards uh, given uh, to various uh, uh, personalities. Uh, on the front page there with uh, President Cyril Ramaphosa, the order of Ukamanga, uh, Ikamanga rather, uh, in silver to Sipo Hotsticks Mabusa, as well as Lillian Dube, as well as Advocate uh, Nakedi Ribana, and uh, Justice Dihang Moseneke receives the order of Latuli in gold. That's the front page of the Sunday Independent. Uh, the Afrikaans newspaper, the report leads with Roof in BMW and BMW Wilder. Uh, that's uh, a corporal, a corporal uh, 
uh, that shot a woman in a in a in a in a BMW, uh, and uh, also the front page there with Brian Abana uh, says he's walking away with a smile. The Sunday Times they're leading with uh, furious SA fights for Supercaster. The international ruling on intersex athletes slammed as an attack on African runners. Ah, you can read more about that on the front page of the Sunday Times. The Sunday World's leading with uh, Motahung family three million rand lawsuit. The lawyer asked court to get Kaiser Junior uh, or his parents to pay what he owes. And uh, Queen B is back and slaying front page of the Sunday world. The Sunday Sun is leading with uh, hijacked drama. Pizzo's uh, family still traumatized. And uh, they also uh, talk to uh, uh, Queen Bee. And you can turn to page five to see what she's up to. Uh, that's the front page of the Sunday Sun. Those are the newspapers that we have for you this morning. Uh, and of course, uh, that brings the time to 6.32. But right now, before we get there, let's take a quick break and we'll come back with the editors. Show's so good, we won't blame you if you can't pick a favorite. Can't pick a favorite. SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. It's our editors and we say a very good morning and a standing ovation with Tepo Pahane joining me here in the studio. Very good morning, Tepo. Good morning, Elvis. He's our acting assignment editor at the SABC in the Johannesburg newsroom. Tepo, let's first take a look at your top stories uh, for the week that was because we're still waiting for Moiponi Malafani, the associate editor at Sowetan. As soon as we get her on the line, we'll also get her top stories. But let's start off with your top stories. Okay, uh, from us as the SABC Johannesburg newsroom, um, we were dealing with the bus strike. Uh, we know that uh, this week uh, it will be the second week of the strike. Um, we've seen attempts by government to try and intervene and end the strike, but it seems like, um, you know, once again, the, the, the negotiations have deadlocked. Um, we also looked at the issue, the, the, the court case, the ongoing court case of Sandy Le Mantui, the murder accused, uh, who's accused of um, murdering her girlfriend, Garabo Mukwena. Um, uh, this week we saw the security guards who were employed at the Sentinel apartment where uh, Sandy Le Mantui was um, uh, residing. They were called to come and testify. Um, so the matter is also continuing uh, the coming week. We also look at the, the Panyaza Lisufi effigy. Um, you remember there was this um, effigy uh, of Panyazam Lisufi that was hanged outside the basic education office uh, department offices in Pretoria. And uh, Panyaza is not a very happy uh, man. Uh, you know, he also, um, I see he has laid a criminal charge of intimidation against uh, those responsible. But also we saw this week there were four by-elections in Gauteng. Um, and we saw that the DA actually retained uh, the wards, uh, three wards out of the four. Three wards, they were retained by the DA and the ANC retained one. But what is interesting by those four, uh, three wards of the DA is that they, they, they support. They've grown, they've grown their support base. So it's very interesting, as we know, that the DA have been claiming that uh, they are taking over Houting <laughs> come next year. So, uh, hmm. But it's, 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 it's good news for them, and yeah. it's very interesting, something to watch. I think those were the, the, the four key issues that we were looking at uh, uh-huh. at the Chubek Newsroom this week. Yeah. Now, we're still trying to get hold of uh, Moiponi Malefani, uh, the associate editor at Soweto, and as soon as uh, we get hold of her, uh, we'll ask her to give us uh, top stories for the week that was. 
was. But of course, the big story, of course, that we also followed here was President Cyril Ramaphosa, who says that his government is not in the business of removing the Premier and the MECs in the Northwest. Now, he was asked by the media about the situation at province on the sidelines of the Freedom Day celebrations in Bloemfontein yesterday. Uh, in fact, the, this week. Now, the Northwest has experienced days of violence across the province with many protesters calling for the Premier, Supramon Mopello, to be removed over alleged corruption and poor service delivery. President Ramaphosa pointed out that government has established a task team to deal with the Northwest problems and has placed its health department under administration. It was a splendid display by the South African National Defence Force members with a 21-gun salute and a fly-pass by the grip and fighter jet during the 2018 Freedom Day celebrations in Plumfontein. This year's events took place under the theme The Year of Nelson Holithasa Mandela towards full realisation of our freedom through radical socio-economic transformation. They also focused on, among others, the understanding of where South Africa comes from and celebrating the legacy of struggle icons like Nelson Mandela and Albertina Sisulu, as well as identifying untold stories of unsung heroes and heroines. In his address, President Ramaphosa said although a lot has been done in the past 24 years to improve the living conditions of ordinary people, a lot still needs to be done. While we have done much to address the racial and gender distortions of the past, so much more still remains to be done. So many of our people still experience hunger, millions are still unemployed, many still do not have houses, electricity, or even clean water. Therefore, we need to use this Freedom Day to affirm our determination to intensify the struggle of socio-economic freedom for all our people. Our people cannot be free if they do not have jobs, education, and better livelihoods. And with South Africa continuing to be the most unequal society in the world, with millions still trapped in poverty and almost half of its youth population unemployed, Ramaphosa says government has embarked on an investment campaign drive to turn things around. We need to intensify radical economic transformation in our country. It is for this reason that we, as we celebrate Freedom Month, we are embarking on an ambitious new investment drive that aims to draw local and international investors into those parts of the economy that have the greatest potential for job creation. Reserva to raise $100 billion, $1.2 trillion, and the president also acknowledged that an increase of 20 rand per hour in the national minimum wage currently before parliament is not enough to lift workers out of poverty. But he says it's a firm foundation that seeks to benefit at least 6.6 million workers. Some people have argued that the starting minimum wage of 20 rand an hour is not a living wage. Yes, they are correct. Some argue that the national minimum wage will not end income inequality. Yes, they are correct. It will not. But what the national minimum wage does provide is a firm and unassailable foundation from which we are going to advance the struggle for a living wage.
We must remember that the national minimum wage is going to increase the income of over 6.6 million working South Africans. On the political situation in the northwest province, President Ramaphosa says his government is not in the business of removing MECs and the Premier in the northwest, insisting that they will only act after a thorough consultation with all stakeholders. Health proved to be the sharp end of the crisis there, and we sent a team. We've now taken over health at national level, and uh, we've also sent an interministerial team which is headed by Dr. Nkosazana Damini Zuma. So they are going to look at everything that's happening in the Northwest. This is the way we do things. We consult, we build consensus, we reach agreement on what needs to be done, and then we act. Many people will be saying, kick out this premier. We don't work like that. We do everything on an evidence base. We are very careful. We are government. We cannot be reckless. I am Tebo Mokobe in Bloemfontein. Now, that's a hot topic in the northwest province there, Tsepo. Um, looking at the situation, we've also had a package uh, during the course of the week where we had the consultative meeting of the ANC National Working Committee in the northwest that was marred by confrontations and disruptions as anti-pro-super uh, uh, Mohamopelo supporters intimidated each other. So this is an ongoing situation that's not going to be resolved immediately. Yeah, um, it's it's very interesting because... Um, there's reports now that have emerged that, you know, um, some people are now jostling for, for positions in mm. anticipation of uh, Supra Mahuma Peru being removed mm. uh, from the position of Premier. And uh, the reports also suggest that um, Supra is also involved in trying to lobby his quote unquote people, you know, to, to, to replace him. Mm. So it's, it's very interesting. Uh, and as you say, as you hear um, the president saying that they are not in the business of removing people, but also there's the pressure on the, on the ground, you know, for, 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 for the ANC to be seen to be doing something. And, and obviously people, uh, you know, what they want is for, for Supra to, to, to be removed from office. Mm. And also the NEC, the National Working Committee, I mean, they, uh, they, they, the focus is also on them to, 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 to find out as to you know what 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 can they do because you you can't afford to have uh, the situation um, getting out of control in northwest northwest I mean in the midst of us um, trying to lure investors and and growing the economy uh, the the new dawn uh, you know but also you have northwest pending like that mm-hmm. whereby now you had to get the national minister of health to come and administer the the provision of health services in in, in hospitals I mean there, there's there should be some sort of intervention to to try and and, and you know to, mm-hmm. to 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 bring an end to this uh, anarchy. You know. mm-hmm. Now, now the president did, did indicate that they're not in the business of just letting people go. But they, what is the process then? Does it have to go through the NEC? How does it work in order to 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 make sure that they can uh, maybe replace Supra without causing all the disruptions that we've seen in the northwest? The NEC definitely has to to get involved because I mean I I, I think uh, the president, Mr. Ramaphosa, is also cautious. You know, uh, not to act um, without, as he, as he said, we need evidence, um, mm. you know, because this can backfire on him to, you know, you remove someone, but where's the proof that, you know, what people are claiming, you know, is there. So yeah. at least he, he should be able to, to stand up and say, yes, what we, this man has been removed based on one, two, three. This is what we, we have been able to find. And, 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 and based on that, we were able to act. But now, um, 
it's it's a also it's a race against time. You yeah. know, on the ground things are, 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 are volatile, mm-hmm. but also you know the, the the more this thing drags on, it's it's not good for 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 the image of South Africa, and which is what uh, the new uh, the president is trying to you know to to restore uh, uh, you know uh, in, uh, into the into mm-hmm. the country you know to change the, this image in the light of him uh, ascending to to power. Yeah. Now, talking about disruptions, uh, the Labour Department says it cannot dictate the, the disputing parties in the bus strike. The department's efforts to resolve the nationwide bus strike, which started more than a week ago, has failed. The minister, Mildred Oliphant, met with the five unions and two employers on Tuesday, but no agreement was reached. Now, you covered that story extensively. No agreement has been reached, uh, Elvis. Um, she, 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 she came through, at, yeah, as, as you say, on Tuesday, uh, Minister uh, um, Oliphant. Um, and then we saw also after after the, the issue deadlocked uh, the negotiations, there were calls from the unions to say we need the Minister of Transport to come and and, and you know I think she he is the one who can also help to resolve this. Um, I'm talking here about Dr. Platin Zimande, but mm. also it doesn't seem anything has 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 has, has, has happened because I remember um, on I think it was on Thursday um, the Department of Transport they issued out a statement to say that. Um, the ministers of labor and uh, and transport are uh, were, were, were met with the the, the, the parties but uh, they are they are convinced that you know they might there might be a, a resolution soon but you know yesterday there were reports coming through to say no 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 the talks are, are, are not closer to to, to resolution mm-hmm. and and uh, I mean, people can't afford to to be without buses. I mean, you, mm. you've seen, when you drive around in the morning, Elvis, you can see long winding queues of people, you know, uh, 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 waiting for taxis. I mean, mm. taxis are making a killing yeah. at the moment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, but it seems like there's a problem because the the unions have revised their their um, their, their demand from nine point yes. five to to nine percent, while the employers are offering eight point five percent. So it, it looks like it's a very small margin. It's, it's a small margin, mm. but. Uh, I don't know why they can't find each other. I mean, this is, is a very small margin, uh, Elvis. So you, you suspect probably there, there could be also other sticking issues that are there within the negotiations that probably are the, you know make, not making them to come closer to to finding each each other. But uh, also the CCMA was brought in; they, they couldn't resolve this dispute. But um, hopefully. Um, I'm not too sure. It's, we, we're going to find out whether they're meeting uh, um, maybe this weekend. I mean, it's a long weekend. Uh, probably maybe tomorrow. Uh, it's a normal business day. Um, probably there are negotiations on the cards. But we'll, we'll find out from them whether, you know, are there any other talks um, uh, probably to try and, and, and resolve the, this. Because as I said, that, uh, you know, without uh, this mode of transport, which carries so much, so many people, you know, on a daily basis. You, you, you can't mm-hmm. have uh, this thing dragging on for, for, for this long. Yeah? Of course, thousands of protesters affiliated to the South African Federation of Trade Unions SAFTU embarked on a nationwide mass action on Wednesday, the 25th of April, demanding a 12,500 rand minimum wage. Now, they opposed the proposed 20 rand per hour minimum wage and, of course, the amendments to the labor law. Mm. Were you surprised at the number and the support that SAFTU received across the country? To be honest, I was, uh, Elvis, mm. because that was the, the, the test for, for, for many people. Because, mm. you know, SAFTU... Um, has just been. It's a small baby. They just, uh, yes, just yes. arrived the other day. So, so I mean, you remember back in the days when Kosato used to call matches. I mean, mm. you could see 
sea of red in the city center of Johannesburg. So mm-hmm. people were looking at that to see whether or not will they be able to pull all the, the numbers uh, because they, they, they were basing their judgment on that to see whether this, you know, they are a force to be reckoned with or, or, or what. Mm-hmm. They managed to, to do it, uh, but, you know, you find people saying, ah, no, they were assisted by uh, the, the, the bus drivers who are on strike uh, to, to improve the numbers, NUMSA and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean... Kudos to to them, uh, 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 Zolinze Mavavi mm-hmm. and other leaders. I mean, they they managed to to paint uh, the the city of Johannesburg red. <laughs> Not only Johannesburg, but it was a national nationwide strike. So I I, I suppose they they managed to to, to pull the crowds. Uh, I must say. Uh, yeah, big ups today. I yeah. can tell you, you were not the only one surprised. But uh, let's. Uh, uh, the biggest turnout was here in Johannesburg. NISA is not going in this process to tell the parties what to accept and what not to accept. The minister is going in to assist the parties and persuade. It still remains within the parties. Therefore, when the parties uh, are not ready to settle, uh, that's what negotiations and, uh, and, and conciliation is all about. And uh, the process is continuing. Well, there you have it. The process is continuing, and it, and it it it, it is a it's it's a big turnout. Number one and number two, uh, this is a big story around the twenty rand minimum wage or the proposed minimum wage that they're fighting against. But let's underline what uh, the, the, what what the president is saying. Uh, he says this is a start. Mm. Um, you know, I think that tells a, a lot. He says it's, it's not like it's a done deal. Uh, it's twenty rand. That's it. So it's and it's going to gradually. You know, this might go up if if one um, um, uh, hears what the president is saying. So uh, I think we we shouldn't rule out the, the the fact that probably this with more engagement and with the pressure that also the unions mm-hmm. are putting on government, we we might see this maybe the, 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 the amount being increased uh, in, 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 with time. So I, I think we, we should monitor there to see whether um, as, as the president says that uh, it's a starting point. Mm-hmm. I, I mean there's negotiations um, but also we, we, we mustn't um, rule out the possibility that obviously the unions are not happy and then they want to make sure that you know government leave her to, to, to their promise and that uh, this is increased, um, you know, to the satisfaction of, um, I think, of all parties, I suppose, yeah. Well, there's another big story, of course, this week. The IAAF has announced uh, stringent regulations that could prevent the Olympic 800-meter champion Cassius Omenia from competing mm, in athletes mm. uh, in athletics. Now, the front page of, I think it was, let me just see here. I think it's the Sunday Times. Uh, the Sunday Times, they yes. eh? leading with that particular story. Now, this is a blow for Cassius Omenia, and it seems like this is a personal attack on Cassius Omenia and on, on African uh, athletes. And interestingly, um, when you read also the, the story from the Sunday Times is that, you know, they want government, uh, government apparently is going to intervene in the form of, you know, lobbying the um, other countries on the continent to say, you know, what the IWAF is doing, you know, uh, uh, it can't be. I, I mean, uh, Casta is, is, has been, you know, at the forefront. I mean, her performance recently, it was... Um, Wonderful, mm-hmm. and uh, I see even the the Tswan uh, University of Technology where she's going to be starting uh, studying sports management. Um, you know they are they are happy with her performance, mm-hmm. and and she what she she's been saying is that she wants to motivate. You know the the issue of medals for her it's it's mm-hmm. it's 
not an issue per se, but you know, to motivate. And then you have the IWF coming up with these regulations to say that you know she needs to to lower her testosterone. I mean, that's yeah. that's upset. Mm-hmm. Um, so it will be interesting to see uh, if South Africa managed to 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 get the necessary support from the other African uh, countries, neighbors to to you know to lobby them and and, and push that you know these regulations. I mean, uh, because because it, it, it's unfair. Uh, uh, it mm. puts. A, a pressure on 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 the you know the performing athletes to yeah. say you know I have to live up to this I have to do this mm. and stuff like that but you know it, yeah. it can be it can be Elvis. now Suskok President Gideon Sam says that they will seek expert advice from their medical commission before moving forward. It's not fair for the IWF when there is a competition make statements about what is happening around culture. Let's have the protocols coming out of IWF very clear for every country. We as Athletics of Africa must now take a position in terms of saying that let us talk to our medical commission, let us see how we must respond to this. We will follow due process up to the point where we understand that this is what is being said so that if, for instance, there is proof, go through the medical commission, ASA, through the medical commission of SASCOC, get all the information on the table. It may just be that it will not have an impact as we believe it will have an impact. The levels within her may not be the level that prohibits her from running her distances. Well, it will be a different level for Castor altogether, but uh, hopefully there will be some uh, some some reaction from this because this cannot just be accepted. No, it can be. It mm. can be Elvis, and and as, as you hear, uh, uh, Mr. Sam, you know, emphasizing the point that you know it, you can't. Because I mean, this imagine what it does to to to, to Casta. I mean, and after not just that to Casta, but other perfect, younger exactly. uh, competitors coming yes, up through yes. the ranks. You know, so so this should be you know dealt with now, so that the younger generation, as I said, that Casta is in the process of motivating these other up and coming mm-hmm. uh, athletes to say this is what you can do. You know. Despite from, of, of where you come from, uh, but you can achieve so much. Mm-hmm. So, paving the way for what you know, the the the, the, the Sasco needs to to get involved mm-hmm. and try and uh, assist um, uh, South African athletes in this. Another story that uh, that you highlighted was Panyasa Lasufi and the effigy that was hanged. Uh, pure racism in relation to what has happened there, uh, because this is a pushback from some Afrikaner schools. It looks like it, it looks like a pushback uh, because look. Um, what Panyaza is trying to do, I mean, in education, Houting, um, to say that um, we need um, all our children to, to be studying under one roof. You know, mm-hmm. um, interestingly, she, she, she was at, uh, he was at uh, a GP uh, Girls and Boys High. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, the Twitter pictures that he, he posted, I mean, showing the Rainbow Nation, as yes. it were, you know, mm. all our learners, you know, under one roof, mm-hmm. sitting together. That's what he's trying to achieve. And also with the the online applications, remember, uh, it has been open for, for grades one and eight. And then he, he's been saying that, you know, you can't, Elvis, to say that you are you are living in Auckland Park. There's an African school down the road. Um, you, you, you can't enroll your child there because... Um, the, the language, so you have to mm-hmm. go um, 20 kilometers 20 Ks away from, because mm. of that. I mean, it mm-hmm. doesn't make sense. So, Panyaza is trying to to to, to change that, mm-hmm. and and you have 
other elements within our society yeah. that are, are are pushing against that and 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 what we saw with the FEG you know i mean what message does it say it sends also mm-hmm. to say what yeah. we we can't accept that i mean it's unacceptable in, in this day and age and in, in this yeah. um uh, current um situation in our country is of course now the DA's federal executive has given the Cape Town Mayor Patricia DeLille until next week, Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, to make submissions on why she should still be in office. Now, DeLille has been at loggerheads with the party in recent months over governance issues in the, counts- in the council. Now, she currently faces a disciplinary hearing on charges of misconduct. The second deputy chairperson of the federal council, Natasha Mazzoni. Either the DA will say that her submissions are substantiated and will look at remedial action to repair the relationship between Mayor DeLille and the city councillors, or we will find that, in fact, the motion is valid and must stand as it is and ask the mayor to resign. Should she not resign, her membership of the DA would then be terminated. However, if she chooses to resign, she would stay on as a councillor and retain her DA membership. Now, Patricia DeLille says she feels the processes against her are unconstitutional and she will take the matter to court. For the past few months, Patricia DeLille and her party have not seen eye to eye. In February, a motion of no confidence brought against DeLille failed by one vote. DeLille was then taken to a disciplinary hearing to account for allegations of mismanagement and bringing the party into disrepute. The hearings have been postponed indefinitely after one of the panel members recused himself. Last night's caucus succeeded in its motion of no confidence against her. Deputy caucus leader J.P. Smith says the decision for her removal as caucus leader and mayor will now be communicated to the party's federal executive. Well, Patricia, the little under fire there, isn't she? She's under fire, uh, uh, Elvis, and uh, now her resigning. And uh, I mean, I mean, it's and and I, th- I think the DA should just um, you know conclude this process because it doesn't do the party good mm-hmm. with all this mudsling in this one is saying this now Patricia Dilel is approaching mm. the courts to to try and you know mm. uh, 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 retain a uh, position retain a position so it doesn't look good for the mm. TA at the moment even though they're doing well in the by elections here in, in the by elections mm. i mean as as i said that there were there were four by elections in Gauteng this week um uh, you know in, in in the three wards they they managed to retain uh, uh, their can, the councillors there but also they obtained they, they they gained in terms of, of support and 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 overwhelmingly so i mean nine, over 90 percent mm. in support i mean that's 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 good for for a party that's also they are trying to push to to say that as they claim that they want to take over Houghton. so mm-hmm. um yeah it's, it's something yes. to, to to be watched yeah so for the week ahead, what does it look like for you? The week ahead, uh, this week we know for us um, as the Gauteng uh, uh, office, we'll be looking at the state of the uh, of the city of Johannesburg. Uh, Mayor Mashaba is presenting his state of the city address. Uh, we know that uh, there have been lots of uh, issues uh, regarding uh, Johannesburg, the, the, the billing crisis. It doesn't seem to be um, mm. being resolved. There was the issue about the valuation role where people were saying that their, their properties have been 
uh, overvalued and, and they were challenging this. Um, you remember there were this issue of uh, buildings that are inhabitable. Um, mm-hmm. The children died, unfortunately, mm-hmm. in one of the buildings when the wall collapses. Yes. There's issue issue of houses. But also we, we're looking at uh, the, the xenophobic attacks of 2008. Yes. I think this year is the 10th anniversary of, of, mm-hmm. of, of that. So those are the issues that we'll be looking at, uh, Elvis. Yeah. That was my editor for the day. Unfortunately, we couldn't get hold of Moiponi Malefani, the associate editor of Sowetan Sepopakhani, our acting assignment editor here at the SABC, joining me in studio. Thank you so much uh, for your contribution. So much, well, yes. that's where we got to leave it. We'd like to thank you for all your comments. Unfortunately, we couldn't uh, play any of them or even take your calls today. It's a very short hour. But uh, Tizwan Namanashe and Bontle Mutsatse, we'd like to thank you. Technical producer Mark Preller, our senior producer Tilly Titsabase, uh, executive producers Aubrey Sachi and Kravani Pillay. My name is Elvis Preston. Ciao for now.